Every time I get behind this microphone, I thank the Lord for this opportunity. It's like, I don't know, it's like walking into a ring, in a boxing ring 30 years ago. I just get pumped up. <laughs> I love it. Uh, when I begin talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm reporting for duty. Terry, what about you? Yes, I'm reporting for duty. That's why we're two birds of the feather flocking together, brother, because that's exactly what goes through my I get the adrenaline. That's why sometimes, Jesse, during the... It's, even it's, the, an, it's like an athlete's adrenaline rush all over again. I get it. It really is. I get it, man. So we got a great show ahead of us here, folks. We're going to be talking one of my favorite nuns, Sister Didi. She's going to be encouraging us. The best way to fight the pro-life effort is to be in the state of grace, right? Well, wait till you hear what she has to say about Joan of Arc. You're going to love Plain and simple. Stuff. Oh, yeah. And then we're going to end the show in the week. This is first Friday, obviously. And we're going to be talking about... How science has proven the real presence. A doctor who was a hey, he was an atheist. He got converted by the study of this. So this is uh, inspirational because the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian faith. Jesse, I saw something today. I called you right on the phone, man. I was I always look for the uh, need to know file stories. Yeah. And young men are at their highest risk of schizophrenia, and it's linked to marijuana use. Jesse, this mm-hmm. is a study. That took from 1972 to 2021, 6.9 million people were under this study. It's a huge comprehensive. study. Very comprehensive. Yeah. And the bottom line is, Jess, they could have read your book <laughs> because you said this in your book, uh, The Problem with Marijuana. So I just want to uh, say my hat's off to you. I, I knew you were right. Everybody knew that this was going to be a mess, and now we're experiencing it big time. Well, um, I'm, not a, I'm not a prophet. I just try to live in a state of grace and, and, and uh, just mm-hmm. live the Catholic faith and look, at, uh, and look at the signs of the time. And it's pretty obvious uh, that there are consequences for, for bad actions. And Jesse, one more thing just to throw in with quickie. The Biden administration, this is kind of funny. I kind of wish that we would t- stop the funding. We have Catholic hospitals and we have the Blessed Sacrament, okay? We have a sanctuary for those who are listening are non-Catholic. That light represents the uh, Christ's presence in the Holy Eucharist, so people will know that the Blessed Sacrament is there. Well, the government, through the Biden administration, is saying, you Catholics, if you use that candle in the hospital, you're going to stop receiving millions of dollars in funding. And I thought, Jesse, this administration will do anything to stop anything Catholic. Yeah, this is the most anti-Catholic administration we've ever seen in the history of the United States. And it's and it's by a fake Catholic. I'm just going to say it. Shame on anybody in this program that voted for Biden. I agree. I mean, you you call yourself Catholic and you put this man in office. (sighs) Uh, I I can give you two dozen things that he's done against the Catholic Church. There's nothing Catholic about this man. He's a fake Catholic. He's a Judas. And uh, and yet there's still a lot of people, Terry, that shill for him. I'm I'm with you. I would say that when you do your exit interview, you got something to i be repenting of because, again, knowing what we know about this administration, oh. you cannot Karen, be. But a, we've known about Biden for 50 years. He's an open book. He's a I agree. He's a, he's a gaff monster. He's it, been showing his his anti-Catholicism for for decades. I agree. I agree. You'd have to have your head in the sand not to yeah. know that. You, yep. you, you, you'll hear him making statements that young senators saying, well, personally, you know, my personal opinions on abortion, that's irrelevant. I can't impose that on, upon people. Right. Uh, you know, I have to give the people what they want and I can't tell people what to do. Uh, my personal. He, he always plays that John F. Kennedy card yep. back in the 60s where Kennedy basically sold the farm for Catholics. That's right. Well said. What about your good? Yeah. Good two no more file. things I want to mention. Hit, hit it. 
Kansas is looking pretty good these days, Terry. <laughs> Uh, my my youngest son lives in Kansas, and I was picking that picking poking fun at him. Ah, what's so good about Kansas? And he goes, Dad, Kansas has become the first state to pass laws defining gender as a person's sex at birth. Awesome! I said, Ah, Joshy, you got me, buddy. You That's a got good one. me. That's a good Maybe one. Dad will buy a second house in Kansas. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, also, some of the uh, on the need to know file, mm-hmm. Glenn Beck said. That when he was working at Fox News, he was told by the management, do not use the word God, G-O-D, on the air. And uh, he said that they would actually count, after his shows, the the, the employees at Fox would count how many times he disobeyed. And he said, who knows, maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm no longer there. He says, I don't know if Tucker Carlson's speech about God and prayer was the final straw. But I have a feeling it deeply bothered Rupert Murdoch. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Anything else, Jess, before we get some gospel? Uh, that's it, Terry. I just want to mention that first on the Friday. next segment. Yeah, in the next, yeah, today's the first Friday of the month. Get to Holy Mass. Yep. Uh, pray a rosary. Yep. Live in a state of grace. Get the confession. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, it's all about be- becoming as holy as possible. Yeah. On the second segment, you're going to be kind of surprised what we're going to share with you. Uh, Father Mitch Pacwa, and, and the reason oh, I'm right. mentioning yeah, this, that's right. uh, Father Mitch Pacwa criticizes the Pachamama idol, and I'll tell you why this is important because he's a Jesuit theologian, and he's cro- quoting, I mean, uh, criticizing his fellow Jesuits uh, for what happened at the Pachamama idolatry in the Vatican Gardens, and he, he's also joined with other giants like uh, Cardinal Raymond Burke, also criticized the oh, Pachamama yeah. fiasco, oh, yeah. Cardinal Mueller. Yep. Uh, Cardinal Powell. Yep. And so you got some giants that have criticized it. And I say this, Terry, because there's a, a video floating on the Internet by, uh, I think, a Catholic and an Eastern Orthodox. Def- and, and I think they're two theologians or apologists. They're defending. Oh, yeah. They're defending the Pachamama fiasco. They're saying, oh, there was nothing. Ido- there was nothing idolatrous about this. This was uh, merely, uh, it, it, this was very Catholic. So they're yeah, it was representing argue. Our Lady. I heard. I, yeah, they, they spent an hour, Terry, yeah. doing what I would call sophistry. <laughs> sophistry. Yeah, that, 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 those are intellectual, spiritual gymnastics yeah. to get us to believe that our eyes are deceiving us and that what we saw is not true, that idolatry did not take place. And so, and, and Terry, we have some people in our church they are apologists for the Catholic left, yeah. for the establishment, and they'll say anything and do anything to justify their actions. Why? Because they want a platform, and they want to be in good graces with the modernists. Uh, I want to be in good graces with the church, Terry, but I don't care about being in good graces with the modernists. I really don't. No, of course not. I want to be in good graces with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bingo. Brother. Bingo. All right. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. John chapter 14, verses 1 to 6. Short gospel, but it's very punchy. Jesus said to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. Boy, we should memorize that verse. That should be burned in our heart every day. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. Have faith also in me. That's Jesus. Then he says, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. Some translations say mansions. So the Greek word can be translated dwelling places, residences, or mansions. I prefer mansions, Harry. I don't know. I I love mansions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If there were not, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? I love that. 
I'm going to prepare a place for you. And it's not in Hawaii. It's not in Cancun. It's a place called heaven. He says, and if I go, this is Jesus speaking, our Lord, and prepare a place for you, I will come back again. That's the second coming and take you to myself. He's going to take us back with him so that where I am, where's he going to be at heaven? You also may be where I am going. You know the way. Thomas said to him, Master, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, Jesus is saying you want to get to heaven. You can't get to heaven through Freemasonry, Buddhism, Confucianism, Islam, Judaism, Protestantism. You can only get to heaven through Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Jesus is the door to heaven. John chapter 10, verse 9. He is the way to the Father. And uh, he's not a privileged way to heaven, Terry, by the way. No. He's not the privileged <laughs> way, as uh, as uh, Bishop Barron told uh, uh, Ben Shapiro. Yeah. He is the only way to heaven. Well said, Jesse, and I, I think that's well uh, done. Let's get, bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. And I think this, this ties right in with Sister Didi that we're going to be talking about uh, later, later in the show. It's about surrender and peace. We all want it. Fulton Sheen says this, as the whole order of the universe rests on the surrender of the chemicals to the plants, of the plants to the animals, of the animals to man, so that peace of man must come, must come only in the surrender of self to God. Self-abandonment. Jesse, the scriptures are so clear. It's all about doing God's will. We pray thee our Father. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is something that I think is so simple yet pro, so profound about surrendering our will to do God's will in everything that we do in life. And that's where we are going to find true peace. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, Terry, absolutely. Uh, as, as Catholics, yes. our job is uh, to be the salt of the earth, mm-hmm. to be the light of the world. There you go. We're called a standard for Jesus. Yep. We're called to glorify God yep. in our conversation, in our conduct, and in our character. And let's think about this. The, uh, every year, thousands of people, Terry, in the United States commit suicide. Yep. Why? Because for them, life seems a riddle too hard to, to solve. Uh, something like very difficult to solve. No, life isn't difficult. The meaning and purpose of life is to know, love, and serve God in this lifetime. And when you die, and die you will... Mm-hmm. to spend all eternity with him in the next. That You nailed it, Jess. Father Mitch Pacwa, Jesuit, EWTN host. He's got something to say, and I think it's really important uh, to talk about the Pachamama that took place some time ago in the Vatican and how that was uh, a sacrilegious. Let's just be honest. And the reason we have to talk about it because you have people defending it on the Internet. Yeah, the right now. Apologists right now that are writing articles on YouTube saying, oh, no, there's no idolatry there. Yeah. So uh, we, we stand with Father Paco, Cardinal do. Burke, Mueller, and Pell. You got it. Stay with us, family. Jess and I are too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back after a quick break. We're back on the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse, you picked a good video clip from Father Mitch Pacwa. Let's get him on as soon as possible to talk about uh, the Pachamama and how bad that is. Let's Absolutely. play the clip, Mr. Engineer. Put it on. 
I would like to address this situation of the Pachamama statues. I was blessed back in 1975 to go work in Peru. And especially in the mountains, not so much in Lima and, and on the coast, but in the mountains, Pachamama was still adored and worshipped. She was part of a, a, a hierarchy of deities. The gods of the mountains were the chief deities. Pachamama, or Mother Earth, was, you know, the bay under them. Below Pachamama were Jesus, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the saints, and then the rest of us. Hmm. So they had integrated Pachamama into a pseudo-Catholic view of the world, putting the mountains first, Pachamama, Mother Earth, second, and then below them, Jesus and Mary and the saints. And there was uh, one trip I made. Uh, you know, Peru has high mountains, very high mountains, because it's very active for earthquakes. And I was in one that was good-sized jolt. I mean, the wall looked like a piece of paper that was being rattled. You know, so it's, it's scary. But there was a terrible one in 1970 on the uh, Feast of Corpus Christi. And it was 7.9 on the Richter scale. And a chunk of Mount Huascaran slid down into a lake and displaced the water from the lake and it rolled down the mountain at 120 miles per hour with a wall of mud and rock. And in seconds, it covered the city of Yungay. You can, I, I went there. And the only thing to survive was a statue of Jesus Christ at the local cemetery. It's Christ with his arms stretched out. You can see the picture. And it's still there, still standing. One of the most amazing things about this is that at the base of it, when I was there in 75, but at the base of that large statue of Christ, someone had written, there were a few survivors, they were having a picnic on a hill, and they watched their whole town die. They couldn't even uncover it. They couldn't, couldn't go get the bodies. It's just, it's all, just a now mass cemetery for 24,000 people. And in there, it, the, the, at the base of the statue, it says, by the survivors, such is the fate of those who worship Pachamama wow. instead of the true Christ. Wow. Yep. Mm. That was their response. And, you know, the introduction of these statues of Pachamama into the Synod on the Amazon is something that is a major scandal. We are forbidden to have idols. We are forbidden to worship other gods. And you, some officials tried a little dance of their own, saying, well, it's a symbol of fertility and motherhood. Knock it off! 
We're not stupid. <laughs> We're not. This is an idol. And here's the fruit. You know, we talk about wolves and sheep clothing and bad fruit. The Bishop's Conference of Italy has a mission office. And they publish in there a prayer to the Mother of Earth of the Inca peoples, to Pachamama. And it quotes, this is what the prayer reads, Pachamama of these places, drink and eat as much as you like of these offerings, so that this land may be fruitful. Pachamama, good mother, be propitious. Stop! You're talking about making an offering to a goddess that the people of the Andes put higher than Jesus and his blessed mother. Jesus is the Son of God. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit are the only God, the one God in three persons. There is no other God. And that the, I, I mean, I suspect knowing the way apparatchiks work in these offices and bureaus and uh, little groups. I'll bet the bishops of Italy didn't know that this was going on. I'll bet that. But there's some apparatchik in their mission office who thought, oh, this is kind of cool. We sort of like with the Amazon. The kind of goofy, superficial, new age-like thinking that goes back to the 1970s. This is something that is unacceptable. And then to make it even worse, if it's not bad enough, the opening entrance song for mass at the cathedral in uh, uh, Peru, in Lima, Peru, was a hymn to Pachamama at Holy Mass. Now, I also saw the photographs uh, you know, and I, so I watched the video of the young Austrian man taking the statues of Pachamama out of the church of the Transpontina, which is actually a church dedicated to Our Lady of Mount Carmel. There's a beautiful image of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. It's used in processions. And here, this brings out the choice that is set before us. We do not, we may not ever adore the Blessed Virgin Mary. We adore God and God alone. She also speaks of God as her Savior because he saved her from entering into original sin. He saves us from our sins. He prevented her from, but he's still a Savior to her and to us sinners. And we honor her with a higher honor than any other saint, to be sure. And here's the choice. Do you accept this idol naked with enlarged breasts? Or do you take a look at Our Lady of Mount Carmel, the mountain where the prophet Elijah destroyed the prophets of Baal? and the Shtarti, the mother goddess of the uh, Canaanite people. She was their mother earth. 
Asherah, actually. And do we accept from Our Lady the scapular she offers? Or do we look to Pachamama to give her sacrifices, something we may not do to the Blessed Mother? We cannot offer her sacrifices. It's forbidden. Sacrifices are offered to God and to God alone. And the one sacrifice is the body of Jesus Christ, his body and blood, his soul and divinity. That's the one sacrifice Christians have. And this other nonsense has to stop. And it's spreading. All of us who love God must make that commitment clear. And one act of reparation, a small act, it's not even an act of reparation, it's just a good thing to do. That in contrast to the evil of Pachamama, we all wear and reconsecrate ourselves with the scapulars, which are a symbol of putting on the yoke of Jesus Christ. That's what goes on your shoulders. It's a yoke, a symbolic yoke, to put on Christ, a yoke with him. And to wear our scapulars. If you haven't been enrolled in the scapular, find a priest who can enroll you. If you have been, get a new scapular. Get it blessed and wear it. And show that. That will be the act that is not merely a rejection of Pachamama, but a taking on of the yoke of Christ. That we are yoked side by side with Jesus, and his mother will be there to pray and intercede for us. Because in one hand, she holds Jesus. In the other, she offers us this yoke, this scapular. We'll accept that. And that will be a start, along with many other things we have to do, to make sure that this nonsense stops now. Wow. Jesse, he red-pilled on that, and I'm glad he did. It couldn't be any clearer, could he? And again, this is important, Terry, because there are, yeah, tell there, me. There, there are Catholics on the Internet, yeah. apologists and theologians, that are defending these actions, Terry. Mm-hmm. They're trying to tell you, don't believe what your eyes saw. Mm-hmm. Okay? Don't believe what your eyes saw. Our eyes saw an act of idolatry. I am so thankful that Father Mitch Pacwa, a Jesuit, yep. courage, criticizes, man. yeah, church takes courage to do it. He criticized the Pachamama. Yep. He did it theologically. Yeah. He did it honestly. He did it forthrightly. And it's great to see an honest Jesuit like their founder, St. Ignatius of Loyola. Mm -hmm. And he stands in the company of many giants, Terry, by the way. He does. Cardinal Burke called it an act of idolatry, the Pachimama incident. Cardinal Mueller called it an act of idolatry. Cardinal Pell called it an act of idolatry. And let's not forget, he was very clear also that... They were, you know, the people were saying, oh, we're just offering sacrifice to Pachamama. We're offering sacrifice in in the Vatican Gardens. Well, we don't even offer sacrifice to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Good point. Think about that. Yep, that's a good point. I'm going to say it again. We don't even offer sacrifice to the Blessed Virgin Mary. We, 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 it was, it's, that's actually called the heresy of Coloridianism. The heresy of Coloridianism, 
it was rejected by the church in the fourth century. You were having Catholics that were making like wafers and doing like a Eucharist to Mary. The church came down hard in the third century on these Catholics and called them Coloridian heretics. Again, the mother goddess, as Father Mitch, Mitch Paco said in the Old Testament of the Canaanites, is Astarte. Astarte was destroyed by Elijah the prophet. Also, in more recent times, the mother goddess of the Aztecs was called Tonantu. She was destroyed by Our Lady of Guadalupe. So, my fellow Catholics on the internet, stop the nonsense. Quit defending what's indefensible. Terry. <laughs> Couldn't say it better. Amen, amen, I say unto you, Jesse. Hey, when we come back, Sister Didi's got a message for us, powerful message about living in the state of grace. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Jesse, you picked the best articles. I want everybody publicly to know that my brother Jesse, 99% of the things we talk about, I get a 1% or 2% in, but he picked some good articles. And Sister uh, Didi, she's... Terry, Terry, so I'm not only uh, you know one of the one of the presenters of the radio show, yeah. I'm also the producer. You are, Jesse. Let's be honest. That's, that's why I'm bringing it up, brother. Yeah. And she's, yeah. she's a great nun. And what, what, does yeah. she have to, what advice does she have for us, Jess? Sister... Deidre Byrne, what a what, what an amazing nun! Yeah, give her a background too, because she's military. You know, she's retired. a retired uh, colonel yeah, for the military. Retired. She's a, a Catholic nun. She's also a medical doctor. It's incredible. This woman has done more in one lifetime than most Catholics would do in two or three lifetimes. So, Sister Deidre Byrne, she says the best fa- the, the the battle for life best fought in a state of grace to more easily see God's will. Boy, she sound we're on the same page. We've been oh, talking yeah. about living in a state of grace ever since beyond the radio. That's right. By being in the state of grace, she says, we can all more easily see God's will for us as pro-life warriors for the salvation of all souls. If we're not in a state of grace, it's like our lenses are smudged. They're dirty. Yes. You got intellectual blindness. She's a religious sister, former U.S. Army colonel, known for her bold pro-life witness. She's calling on Christians uh, to better discern and fight the battle for life by staying in a state of grace. Sister Dieter Byrne exhorted listeners at the TFP Washington Bureau on Saturday to follow the example of St. Joan of Arc, who put a high priority on making sure her soldiers maintain purity which means being in a state of grace. Yep. She said she 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 told a story about how Saint Joan of Arc this would seek great. out confession and it. holy communion for her soldiers. Yep. And Saint Joan of Arc told his soldiers, <laughs> "I don't want you to have no girlfriends, <laughs> for for in, in case they were killed in battle, and that the sword went into their chests." Saint Joan would feel like her soldiers had gone to the Lord, so she would. Promote confession and communion for her soldiers and said, don't have any girlfriends. Jesse, this is the, this statement that you're going to read right now is what my wife has been telling me ever since I met her. She loved Joan of Arc and this statement, I'll just read it. She was asked by a British canon lawyer if she was in the state of grace in an attempt to find fault with her. Joan replied, memorize this because I prayed at church, Mm. Lord, if I'm in the state of grace, please keep me there. 
And Lord, if I'm not in the state of grace, please put me there. There you go. I mean, what a great statement, Jesse, to be repeated what a great during, prayer. throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, Sister Deidre underscored the importance of aspiring to this purity of soul before we help others. Mm hmm comparing the reasons for this with those airlines used to advise people oh, yeah. to put their own oxygen mask on first. Yep. She shared how when she first realized this advice from a flight attendant, she thought it was kind of selfish, but she went on to realize it is more, it is the most important thing you can do since then you can help everybody else because you can breathe. That's similar to our spiritual life. Also, we have to seek holiness with humility. She went on. By being in a state of grace, we can more easily see God's will for us as pro-life warriors for the salvation of all souls. If we're not in the state of grace, it's like our lens are smudged. They're dirty. Yep. And that's where we make a mad dash to confession and ask for absolution <laughs> from our Lord through the persona Christi, the priest, said Sister Deidre. Yeah, it's acting uh, in the person of Christ. Absolutely. Sister Deidre who's best known for her knockout pro-life speech at the 2020 <laughs> Republican National Convention, was. described the issue of abortion as ground zero <laughs> from which other modern evils flow. She gets it, Terry. Oh, big time. The destruction of human life in the mother's womb is Satan's ground zero. Ba battleground, man. Battleground, right. Satan's battleground, Satan's ground zero, which opens the door to other evils like a rippling effect of a stone on a very still lake. Oh yeah. So what's the what is that rippling? That is transgender ideology, contraception, the destruction of families, fatherless families, euthanasia, the production of so-called vaccines used by innocent children that were aborted. She res she said all these things. Mm -hmm. Terry, you want to pick it up from there? You bet. She pointed out earlier in her talk that Roe versus Wade has rippled the lives not only of over 50 million souls killed through abortion, but of 100 million other souls. The babies, mothers, and fathers who made deadly choices, literally deadly choices. Now, despite the overturn of Roe versus Wade, the fight to save all lives, it's not over, sister said, but rather we have a new chapter. It's at the level, the state level. It is still a battle to change hearts one soul at a time. Jess, I love her military language. Being in the military, I, this, I, she's a woman I, I really respect. She said, for an example, in her area of D.C., there remain third trimester abortions who fly people in and actually have fundraisers to enable people to get third trimester abortions. Mm -hmm. Sick. We have a lot of work to do to defend life because we currently have the most pro-abortion president in our history. She continued. Boy, did she nail that one. Shame on anybody who voted for this guy. I agree. Now, yeah. Sister Didi quoted Father Ed Meeks, and I like the way Father said this, Jess. I'm going to quote it in the future. He put it beautifully last October. He said, they and their party, we're talking about the Democratic Party, yep. have declared, declared war on the unborn. And for those who speak or defend the life of the unborn and their mothers, they, the left, are working endlessly to make abortion accessible all the way to the end of the third trimester. What is their motivation, Meek said. Now let's finish this and then you get it, Jess. He continued, it is demonically inspired, mm. right on, spot on, mm. obsession that sees abortion not only as a necessary evil, 
but really something desirable, almost a demonic sacrament from the left, which, after ending Roe versus Wade, has led to the vandalism of pregnancy centers throughout the United States and even targeting pro-lifers with early morning raids in their homes by the FBI agents. We know about that. Continue, yeah. Jess. Yeah, we also know that uh, Justice Alito, Yes, he's been targeted for assassination. That's right. By the pro-abort. For one reason. Yeah, because uh, because of the uh, mm-hmm. the, the Roe Ro versus Wade decision. Yep. yep. He wrote I, he wrote the decision. I guess he wrote the. He the, did. He was the yeah uh, the, yeah, and so that's why they're really upset with him. Yeah, he, yeah. He wrote but this the, next part. Jesse's critical. Yeah, cool he wrote part. the final. What's the, they call About the, 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 final, yeah. the final opinion? So, Sister Deidre yep. also pointed out the pro-lifers yes. still need to fight prescriptions of abortion pills, Listen which are this. now given through. Telemedicine, yeah. thanks to Mr. Joe Biden. Big time. Uh, she said, "Quote: This bill can this pill can only be given in the first trimester." I didn't know that. I don't know how you can tell that via pe- telemedicine. Exactly. This is not only dangerous. Malpractice. This is malpractice. I agree with her. Yeah, Terry, because a woman could call up and she could be already that eight months pregnant, yeah. and and she goes, "Oh yeah, my first trimester. Can you send me the the, the pill uh, yep. via telemedicine?" It messes her up big time. Well, if you want to see just a little soundbite of this. The movie Unplanned, oh, yeah. which is a story of Abby Johnson, it had a scene mm-hmm. where she took this pill. Yeah. And it showed the, the her writhing in pain on her on the bathroom floor next to the toilet for hours and bleeding. Yep. This is the this is the diabolical, you know, manifestation of the body that happens when you do this because Terry, what you've done You've aligned yourself with the demon, the yep. demon of abortion, the demon of murder, the demon that, that wants to kill the, the demon of Moloch and Baal, uh, the, the demons of children's sacrifice. And so if you want to see how awful the effects of this pill are, watch the movie Unplanned and Abby Johnson. Well, it wasn't her, but it was an actress that played Abby. Yeah. Showed in full living color how th- this is an, a nightmare that doesn't last for 10 seconds or 30. It lasts for hours as a person is bleeding and urinating and defecating on themselves and writhing in pain on the bathroom floor by themselves, Terry. It's got to be the loneliest, agonizing moment in history. Well said. And, and Jesse, what Sister is telling us from the medical perspective, from the moral perspective, she's nailing it. And she's very courageous in doing this. And she really says... This battle we face right now is not between just Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, or liberals, right or left. No, the battle is between our dear Lord and the evil one, the mm. devil, she continued. Jesse, you said it. Many of these, uh, many of these exorcists have said mm. that when abortion takes place, the evil one uh, releases even more a havoc on our country and in the yeah. world. And think about it. When abortion I, I, yeah, was, a, I've heard from exorcists that yeah. more de- that more demons come from hell to planet earth. Right. But look at what's gone on since abortion and the demonic activity in the world. It's gone Terry, way out. And if you want to see the way this was described, remember in the movie nefarious. Oh yeah. I can picture the that. demon inside yeah. of Edward Bradley, the serial killer, yeah. The demon, you know, he he picked up Edward, you know, using his body because he's inside the body in possession. Yeah. Then he raises his hands to a side like the Oron's position. Yes. And then he tells the psychiatrist about his girlfriend, that his girlfriend was having an abortion that right. very minute while they were Incredible. talking. And he was saying, and, and five, four, 
and he's holding his hands up. Yeah. Two, one, and all hell rejoices. Yes. In other words, powerful. he gave he gave the countdown to his girlfriend that was having an abortion that very second, yep. that very moment when they were talking oh. back and forth, the psychiatrist and the, and the, and the condemned prisoner, and the demon took over Edward's body yeah. and described to him that hell rejoices every time a baby's killed. Did you see Did you see the, the way the demon in the fairies? did. He was exuberant. Yeah, they just a touchdown, baby. Oh, it, exactly. Yeah, terrible. And so... Yeah. Uh, do, uh, Sister Didi advised her listeners. She said, "Make it your daily mission yeah. to be in a state of grace, so you can hear Christ more clearly and prepare yourself and those near you for your ultimate for for Man. our ultimate goal, which is eternity in heaven." I love it. And she says, "As I always say, I'm not only pro life, I'm pro eternal life. <laughs> I want everyone to be with us, but not everyone is going to go. There is a hell. It's real. We don't want that." We want to teach the faith and bring people closer to Christ. What a darling, darling. She's nun. my what? kind of nun, man. Oh, gosh. I wish we had more like her. Man. Wow, she said it like it is. Jesse, when we come back, we're going to talk about what science has proven about the real presence. This is, we're trying to promote a Eucharistic year of, of bringing back people's love for the Eucharist. This next segment's going to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus and the Holy Eucharist and these stories that we're going to share. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I love it, Jesse. <laughs> he is risen. He is risen indeed. And guess what? We're waiting for the Feast of Pentecost. What a great couple of weeks, Terry. Yeah. The Holy Eucharist, the Tritium, the Resurrection, Easter Sunday. Sure. Uh, you know, now we have uh, the, the expectation of Pentecost. What a great time to be Catholic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Guess what? Science has proven the real presence. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I know it. This is awesome. Dr. Ricardo Gomez is not well known to many Catholics, but he should be. Atheist Richard Dawkins has apparently never heard of Dr. Ricardo Castañón Gomez either. Dawkins recently tweeted that Catholic belief in the Eucharist is madness. Madness. Had Dawkins heard of Dr. Gomez and the results of Gomez scientific investigations, into the Eucharistic miracles of Argentina and Tixla, Mexico, he might not have tweeted his tweet. Dr. Gomez is a scientist. He's also a former atheist. Wow. He became a Catholic after leading his first scientific investigation to examine what appeared to be a bleeding consecrated host. Recently, he led a second investigation. Both investigations provide proof of the real presence of in the Eucharist of Christ. So, Dr. Gomez led the scientific investigation into the 1996 Eucharistic miracle in Buenos Aires, Argentina. He also led the investigation into the 2006 Eucharistic miracle in Tixla, Mexico. In both instances, consecrated hosts appeared to be bleeding. In both instances, samples from the host proved to be blood and living human tissue, and in both instances, the tissue was living muscle tissue from an inflamed human heart. Amen. Also, 
in both instances, the blood was type AB. Incredible. (laughs) These findings match the findings of a 1971 scientific investigation into the 8th century Eucharistic miracle of Lanciano, Italy. And I've been there. I've seen that one. What's more, the AB blood type in all three cases match the AB blood type found on the Shroud of Turin. Amazing. And even more recently, in 2013, in Legnica, Poland, samples taken from a consecrated host that appeared to be bleeding were also scientifically examined. The test, once again, showed that the samples were of inflamed, here it is, inflamed heart muscle. Exactly. So, in four separate scientific investigations, (laughs) in four different countries, samples of consecrated hosts that appear to be bleeding have been scientifically examined. In all four instances, the scientists said the samples were living human heart Muscle tissue, blood AB type. What else do you need to know, man? Well, if this does not prove the real presence in the Eucharist, well, then uh, you got a you you just got a problem with the facts. And yes, it even gets more. It gets even better. In two thousand four, eight years after the host in Argentina was first found to be bleeding, Doctor Gomez brought another sample of the host to Doctor Frederick Zugby. Now, Zuby was one of the United States' most prominent forensic experts. Gomez asked him to examine the sample, but Gomez did not tell Zuby anything about the sample. So Dr. Zuby told Dr. Gomez that the sample he examined was that of living muscle tissue from a heart, a human heart. Zuby also said the tissue came from a person whose heart had been severely traumatized. Like, you know, crucifixion. Jesse, this just gets better and better. You know, the doc was amazed that Dr. Gomez informed him that the sample had been obtained eight years earlier. Zucchi told Gomez that the cells were still living when he examined them. That's not supposed to happen. He asked Gomez to explain how this could be. So when the sample was eight years old, Gomez then told Zubi that, the sample was from a consecrated host. And then Zuby's uh, amazement turned to astonishment. Take it from there, Jess. Wow. This just gets better and better. Yeah, Terry, this... Uh, yeah, also, I'll just continue. Also, in yeah, the samples yeah. taken from the host in both Lanciano in Italy and Argentina, live white blood cells were present. This is so amazing. Yet white blood cells die within a few hours after being exposed to the air. Supernatural, man. Give me One miracle after another. Exactly. The Lanciano blood samples were over 1,200 years ago, Jesse. To me, these miracles show what the Catholic Church's teaching on transubstantiation and the Eucharist is absolutely true. And no other religion on the earth can say that science can prove what it teaches is true. Amen, brother. Yes. But, a- but atheists yeah. like Dawkins... <laughs> Think Catholics are mad to believe in the real presence. Yeah. Uh, practitioners of other religions may think Catholics are crazy as well. Yeah. And even members of other Christian denominations might think Catholics are crazy to believe in transubstantiation. But every Catholic should know that we are receiving the body and blood of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist when we receive communion. Yet, with all this evidence, 
biblical, historical, patristic, and scientific, yet, as the July 2019 Pew research revealed, many Catholics Most. do not believe in the real presence. I think sad. it was 70%. Yeah, it's sad. What I read. It's sad. Now, now, to be honest... 70% of Catholics that attend the new the Novus Ordo Mass do not believe. Uh, 100% of Catholics <laughs> that attend the Latin Mass believe it's the real presence of Christ. 100%. Yeah. If only more people knew what science has to say about the Eucharist. Well, uh, if, if you look on Google for Eucharistic miracles, you'll get about 550,000 results if you Google the phrase Eucharistic Miracles of Argentina, you'll get about 28,500 results of Eucharistic Miracle of Lanciano on Google. So there's plenty of information available about these two Eucharistic miracles. Why more people, and especially Catholic people, are not aware of these miracles is curious. The author writes, he's an RCA instructor, he says for 30 years, he says, my wife and I make it a point to tell the kids in the eighth grade faith formation class, we teach about these two miracles. When we tell them about the miracles and the results of the scientific investigations, they are spellbound. When we talk about these miracles, we have the complete and undivided attention of the entire class. The real presence becomes real. <laughs> I, like, I that. like that. I do too. The real presence becomes real. <laughs> Faith formation instructors in classes throughout the U.S. and the rest of the world should make note of this. Miracles, the Eucharistic miracles, along with the Marian miracles at Fatima, Lourdes, and Guadalupe, they ought to be at, at least one lesson in the lesson plan for the year. Of course. Young people are being told today that science has all the answers. In, this, in these four Eucharistic miracles that we've just mentioned, boy, oh boy, Science speaks quite loudly. Wow. Jesse, you know, is it possible, and this article says, is it possible your children, our grandchildren, have not heard about these miracles? I'm going to tell you right now, I see my grandson in the studio right now. I, Bo, I want you to hear this. I've told him these before, but of course. Or perhaps they have not heard of the scientific investigation into them. Maybe you should make it a point to educate. That is the key right now, Jesse. Young people, I just... Young people have have not heard the Catholic faith. Talking about, we need to talk about the Source and Summit more often, the Eucharist, the real presence, because it's a game changer. Yeah. I'll tell you four areas that completely separate Catholics from anybody else. Nobody's even close. Um, when you look at, number one, the miracles of the Eucharist, yeah. which all you have to do is go on the Internet, and you can read there for days and days, and your life will be changed about how to receive Holy Communion. Oh, yeah. You won't be receiving with your hands nope. standing up anymore. Nope. Or, as, or, or as demons say, you know what demons say that when, when people receive with their hands, they like it. Because they've mentioned this in many exorcisms in cases of possession. They say, we like it when human beings receive him. They won't even say, they won't say Jesus or God. We like it when human beings receive him on their paws. Demons call our hands paws because they know they're dirty. Another area that we have to just continue to talk about are Marian apparitions. That doesn't happen to any other denomination or any other religion on planet Earth. The third thing that we as Catholics have that separates us are the incorruptible saints. No religion has incorruptible saints. Go take a look at Buddha's body or, or Confucius or Muhammad and see how, how their body is right now. It's, it's, a, it's ashes and worm food. Yep. 
And the last thing that we as Catholics have that nobody else has as well, Terry, is that people have been raised from the dead in the Catholic Church to the <laughs> tune of over 400 people have been raised from the dead by the prayers of Catholic priests, bishops, and saints throughout church history. You know, Jesse, it's pretty good. And uh, I bring these things up in our little convert course, and I wanted people to know that we're putting it online. We do a Tuesday night a convert course for the Anglican Ordinariate, which is part of the Catholic Church, my wife and I and Richard, and uh, we're going to make that available online so people can actually watch it. We, we're basically majoring on the fundamentals, and the first night that we did the show, we had about 23 students there, and they all said to me, I can't believe how much I learned, and many of them are just taking this as a refresher course. That's the point that I'm making, Jess. We need to go back to these three elements that you just talked about the Eucharist, Eucharistic miracles, Our Lady's miracles, and show people how real our faith is. Yeah, and, and notice uh, these are the, the the very four important areas in, in Catholicism. The miracle is the Eucharistic miracles that points to the source and summit of Catholicism. Marian apparitions that points to the role of Mary in salvation history, the Queen Mother, the New Eve, the New York of the Covenant, the incorruptible saints. That's that's a precursor. That's like, you know, let's look behind the curtain and see how we're going to look. The saints are going to look in heaven with their bodies. Yep. You know, that's just going to that's just exciting to see what. And then and then the fourth thing raised from the dead. That's also eschatological. That's a miracle that God has done 400 times in the Catholic Church just to show us that he's going to raise all of us up from the dead on the general judgment. And so all these miracles, Terry. Uh, you know, we, we, we think like, wow, there's no way this can happen. Well, you know what? A saint once said, miracles are only miracles at man's level. At God's level, they're just his ordinary actions. That's awesome. We got the Bible with the barbers up next, Jesse. So, Jess, I'm going to ask you a good question. What sister talked about? What state should we be living in, brother? Well, Sister Deidre and, and uh, Terry and Jesse show, we're on the same team. <laughs> live in a state of sanctifying grace. What else? And uh, yeah, we're also in good company with Saint Joan of Arc. Yes. You know, if I'm in a, if I if I'm if I'm in a state of grace, I hope I remain in a state of grace. And if I'm and I'm not in a state of grace, I hope God puts me in a state of grace. I love that line. It's fantastic. Remember, Our Lady of Fatima said, "Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices." This is First Friday. Let's make some sacrifices for the salvation of souls. You can participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ. Sign me up, man. All right, we're up next, stay with us. The Bible with the Barbers. You can get that free app by going to vmpr.org. Download it, and you can listen to all of the shows we produce. May God richly bless you. And-